the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Uvalde School District Police Chief has not responded to requests for a follow-up interview. We have zero tolerance for gun violence on an airplane, but we will tolerate a certain amount in our schools. The EU plans to ban the majority of Russian oil imports. To sanction the Kremlin, to sanction Russia. The Supreme Court seeks the phone records of law clerks in the latest effort to find the leak of a draft opinion. They're really uh, escalating this hunt for who might have leaked a draft document to Politico. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, June 1st. I'm Mike Scott. Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Chief Peter Arredondo has not responded to the Texas Department of Public Safety request for a follow-up interview for the state's investigation into the school shooting that left 21 people dead. We just talked to DPS who confirmed to us that Uvalde PD and officers with Uvalde CISD are cooperating with investigators tonight. But it's the police chief of CISD that they haven't heard from in two days. Uh, DPS tells us uh, that uh, CISD chief Pete Eredondo met with investigators for a first round of interviews, but has not responded to investigators after they requested a follow-up interview two days ago. We don't know why Chief Eredondo has not responded to investigators. Police came under fire after information emerged about the police response at Robb Elementary School, indicating officers waited to enter classrooms where children were in danger, as the incident commander, thought to be Eredondo, incorrectly thought the situation involved a barricaded suspect. Last week, video footage showed concerned and frustrated families yelling at police officers outside of the school during the shooting, trying to go inside to get their children. President Biden noted that there is an awful lot of suffering in the U.S. following the latest mass shooting in Texas. I've been to more mass shooting aftermaths than I think any president in American history, unfortunately. And it's, uh, it's just so much of it is much of it is preventable. Kevin Brock is former assistant director of intelligence for the FBI and former principal deputy director of the National Counterterrorism Center and joined Chicago's morning answer to break down the Uvalde police response. I've learned over the years that uh, you know, we have to really uh you know, see what the investigation reveals to get all the extenuating circumstances in, in every case. That said, it doesn't look good. Brock says that since Columbine, school shootings have been increasing, and as such, law enforcement should have more and better training. You're talking about protocols. I, you know, there, there should be, there's 18,000 police agencies in this country. Um, these shootings have been going on since Columbine for over 20 years now. 
We know the kids are getting killed in schools. Uh, we know that this is a problem that's not going away. In fact, it's increasing. Last year, it was a, a record number of school shootings, and this year, we're on pace to break that that record. So this is not a new phenomenon. Uh, police departments should be prepared for these eventualities, should have training for it. Brock believes, in his opinion, it's not safe to send kids to public schools. The national-level conversation uh, on this by the national-level politicians is worthless. It adds nothing. We've had 20 years of hearing enough is enough. That's our policy. Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Nothing's being done to stop the, the killing of children in school. I disagree with a little bit of the study that you cited earlier. This guy saying, well, in proportion, uh, it's still safe to send your kids to school. It's not safe to send your kids to American public schools right now. It is not. Brock points out that since 9-11, there have been no shootings on airplanes because of policies that were implemented. How many shootings have we had on airliners since 9-11? None. Uh-huh. because we made a determined policy to make sure that cannot happen. A school is a contained environment like an airplane. It can be hardened. It can be made rendered safe, and children can be protected, and, and yet these things are continuing. So something is, is not right here. And Brock believes that failing to provide security for public schools is sending the wrong message. It basically translates into a policy that we have zero tolerance for gun violence on an airplane, but we will tolerate a certain amount in our schools. Brock describes what a secure school would look like in his expert opinion. Certainly school resource officers, although most schools have, if they have one, they're lucky. Um, certainly controlling ingress and egress to the school, uh, screening of, of people coming in and out of the school, Uh, All of these things are, yes, inconveniences, impacts on the culture, um, creating a a situation where it's a a hardship on everybody, which we have done for air travel, but we all accept it now because we don't want to crash and die. Brock goes on to say that parents should demand from their local school board its plan to deal with a school shooting. If I'm a parent, I would... I would be smothering the school board and the town council in my town with demands to know what are the plans? What are your plans to guarantee that my child is not going to be shot and killed in your classrooms? And if they, if the, and they're going to find that the plans are largely inadequate. So if, if they, if they find that to be the case, then they should be making the demands locally, ignoring the national politicians who are stuck like a broken record on gun control and intervening in in mental health uh, issues predictively. All of this stuff is pie in the sky that's not going to impact the problem at hand, and that is kids are being shot and killed at schools. In the most significant effort yet to punish Russia for its war in Ukraine, the European Union agreed to ban the overwhelming majority of Russian oil imports. The move came late Monday after tense negotiations that tested how far the bloc is willing to go to ostracize Moscow. From the moment Russia invaded on February 24, the West has sought to make Russia pay economically for its war. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says EU's leaders have reached a compromise agreement to embargo most Russian oil imports by year's end. We have covered overall 90% of Russian oil 
being wind down um, in, in this time frame. European Council President Charles Michel says the EU has agreed to embargo more than two-thirds of imports from Russia, allowing a temporary exemption for pipeline deliveries that Hungary relies on. Because it's important on the one hand uh, to, to, to decide, to be clear, uh, to sanction uh, the Kremlin, to sanction Russia, but it's, uh, on the other hand it is important to, to take into account the level playing field, uh, but also uh, the security of supply. Energy analyst Matteo Villa says Russia has been feeling the effects of embargoes, but the story is not over. It's a fine balance. Currently, Russia is taking a hit, which is pretty pretty uh, significant, but still we have to monitor the situation for uh, over the next uh, weeks and months to see whether Russia is really being hit by the sanctions or not. Villa says it's not clear to him if new oil sanctions will have a big impact on Moscow. It depends on how much, how, uh, what the price will be of this oil. Currently, Russia is selling its own oil at uh, $35 per barrel discount to India and China. And if this goes on, clearly this will be hitting its finances. Marshals at the Supreme Court are escalating their search for the source of a leaked draft opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade, taking steps to require law clerks to provide cell phone records and sign affidavits. Some clerks are apparently so alarmed over the moves, particularly the sudden request for private cell data, they have begun exploring whether to hire outside counsel. Supreme Court analyst Joan Biskupic breaks down the latest news on the investigation into the Supreme Court leak. They're really uh, escalating this hunt for who might have leaked a draft document to Politico, now asking law clerks to sign affidavits and to they're taking steps also to uh, have law clerks turn over uh, cell phone data. This is a pretty aggressive move, but it does show how seriously they're trying to take this breach after four weeks uh, since Chief Justice John Roberts launched this investigation, it appears that they have made insufficient progress to uh, do anything but ramp up to this this stage. Ms. Kupik says the move to see cell phone data has some clerks wondering if they need to lawyer up. It's a pretty uh, forceful move, and it's caused concern among some of the law clerks there. Each year, the justices hire four, four clerks per chambers, and these are uh, folks who are in there, you know, to do research, help writing opinions. And some of them are saying, you know, we didn't really sign up for this. And they're thinking, should they hire lawyers? Should they go outside and obtain counsel? And one appellate lawyer who knows about the recent demands on law clerks told me that for any other government investigation, it would be, you know, similarly situated people would go out and try to hire hire lawyers and that it would be hypocritical for the Supreme Court to say you can't go outside. Now, you know, nobody's forcing anyone to do something, but, you know, in the employment situation, just to be asked to do it uh, presents a bit of a dilemma. Ms. Kupik says that the Supreme Court has several hot-button issues on their plate, and the investigation is adding stress to the court. And I can't tell you, Kate, how tense it already is up at the Supreme Court. They're resolving, obviously, this major case having to do with abortion rights that date back a half a century and personal 
privacy protections, but also gun controls before them, religious liberties, several uh, hot-button cases that all will be resolved likely by the end of June. And then to have this uh, intrusive investigation on top of it is certainly ratcheting things up. The court's moves are unprecedented. And the most striking development to date in the investigation into who might have provided Politico with the draft opinion that it published on May 2nd. Meanwhile, a Texas law that would bar social media companies from taking action on hate speech and disinformation was temporarily blocked Tuesday in a rare 5-4 Supreme Court ruling. Greg Storr of Bloomberg News explains what the Texas social media law was supposed to accomplish. Well, the law says uh, you can't engage in what's known as viewpoint discrimination. And what that means is you can't say, oh, that's hate speech. And because it's hate speech, we're going to we're going to take that down. or We're going we're gonna to block it. Uh, so the social media companies say we would have to allow neo-Nazi screeds. We would have to allow anti-gay screeds uh, and um, really would not have that ability to serve as kind of a traffic cop uh, on their platforms. The court on Tuesday also temporarily blocked the counting of some mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania, an order that could affect the tight Republican Senate primary between former hedge fund CEO David McCormack and celebrity heart surgeon Dr. Mehmet Oz. NBC10's Lauren Mayock says the Supreme Court decision involves undated ballots and will impact the recount in the GOP primary. As counties work to get all votes tabulated and retabulated, another legal possibility looms from the U.S. Supreme Court. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito today putting a hold on a ruling in a different case that also involves undated mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania, raising the possibility that a ruling from the high court could impact the still undecided race. Craig Green of Temple University Law School says the recount just became more difficult. This case has become incredibly complicated. Green explains how the ruling in the mail-in ballot case may impact the GOP primary already under a recount. One argument is that uh, you don't need to count the undated ballots because there aren't enough to decide the election. But of course, there is a recount happening right now that could easily change some number of votes. And so... Uh, when the recount happens, will the uh, undated ballots then be enough? I think that's not clear. Green goes on to say, unfortunately, voting rules and recounts have become decidedly partisan. Voting rules and electoral rules and close elections have become, like a lot of things, matters of really hard-fought partisan politics. And I think that's the kind of thing that, that this case might sort of tap into that a little bit and thereby get on the radar of the U.S. Supreme Court. A new poll asks the question, can red flag laws prevent mass shootings? Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett has a look at the results of that new poll. Mental health problems are seen as a leading factor in mass shootings by young men, and voters overwhelmingly support so-called red flag laws to help prevent such tragedies. A new Rasmussen Report's national telephone and online survey finds that 40% of likely U.S. voters believe mental health is more to blame for mass shootings by young men in America, while 30% blame access to firearms. 10% think family problems are more to blame for the mass shootings, while another 10% blame social media. 
Only 4% think school problems are more to blame. Bernie Bennett reporting. A jury on Tuesday found Michael Sussman not guilty of making false statements to the FBI in September of 2016 when he said he was not working on behalf of any client when he brought information alleging covert communications, a channel between the Trump organization and Russia's Alpha Bank. Fox News' Greg Jarrett says the problem with the jury is that many of them were donors to Hillary Clinton's campaign. I agree with Professor Jonathan Turley, as he said earlier today, this is the worst jury for a prosecutor he has ever seen in his life. And the professor is correct. This is a jury that is stacked with Hillary Clinton supporters, three Hillary Clinton donors, for God's sakes. The problem is... There really are no Republicans in Washington, D.C., from which the jury is drawn. You'd have a better chance of spotting a unicorn than a Republican in Washington, D.C. Focused on relentlessly rising prices, President Joe Biden plotted an inflation-fighting strategy with the chairman of the Federal Reserve, with the fate of the economy and his own political prospects increasingly dependent on actions of the government's central bank. Biden hoped to demonstrate to voters he was attuned to their worries about higher gas, grocery and other prices, while still insisting an independent Fed will act free from his political pressure. In a meeting with the chairman, Biden promised not to meddle with central bank efforts to tackle inflation. My plan is to address inflation. It starts with a simple proposition. Respect the Fed. Respect the Fed's independence, which I have done and will continue to do. Dennis Gartman, editor and publisher of the Gartman Letter, joined Fox News and said it is his opinion that inflation will be with us for a few more years. Inflation is a problem that is now seriously incumbent in the the economy, and it's going to be with us for quite some period of time into the future. Until the Fed gets uh, a a relatively large decline in its balance sheet, which it says it's going to do, and I have my doubts as to whether that's going to happen or not, until we have a material and protracted decline in the balance sheet, inflation, which is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon, is going to be with us for another two or three years. Consumer confidence took a hit in May. Daybreak Insider's Ben Thomas has that story. Persistent inflation appears to be dimming Americans' view of their present and future prospects. The conference board says its Consumer Confidence Index dipped to 106.4 in May. The group's Present Situation Index, which measures consumers' assessment of current business and labor conditions, also dipped, as did its Expectations Index, a six-month outlook. Inflation has been running at its fastest pace in more than 40 years, prompting the Federal Reserve to raise its main borrowing rate by a half point in early May, with multiple hikes expected this year. I'm Ben Thomas. U.S. and Canadian regulators are investigating a hepatitis A outbreak that may be linked to fresh, organic strawberries. In a joint weekend statement, the USDA says illnesses in Minnesota, California, and Canada occurred after people consumed Fresh Campo and HEB brand strawberries. The agency said the strawberries were purchased between March 5 and April 25, and they were sold at various U.S. retailers including Aldi, Kroger, Safeway, Walmart, and Trader Joe's. 
Daybreak Insider Shelley Adler has more on that story. In a joint weekend statement, the FDA and the Public Health Agency of Canada said illnesses in Minnesota, California, and Canada occurred after people ate Fresh Campo and HEB brand strawberries. The agency said the purchase dates were March 5th through April 25th. They were sold at various U.S. retailers, including Aldi, Kroger, Safeway, Walmart, and Trader Joe's. The FDA says there have been 17 illnesses and 12 hospitalizations reported in the U.S. I'm Shelley Adler. And finally, Chili's, the restaurant chain, recently expanded deployment of Rita the Robot to 51 restaurants. The robotic server has already been making the rounds in 10 of their restaurants across the country. Rita, created by Bear Robotics, can act as a sort of de facto server, guiding guests to their tables, carrying food, bussing, and even singing happy birthday. This robotic server does a lot of the heavy lifting that a lot of people just don't want to do these days. The way it works is a server takes your order, chef makes your meal, The chef plates your meal and puts it on the T6. It hits the little button on whatever table you are. Today I was at table A1. And then it delivers your sweet and sour chicken or whatever you order right to your table. The server will come and remove the dish from the T6 and put it onto your table. And then it sends it back to the kitchen. On the error side, Rita functions without a problem over 99% of the time. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.